A disclaimer for our listeners. The content within this podcast is for mature audiences. It contains graphic descriptions of true crime events that may be unsuitable for listeners below a certain age or those who find this content triggering. The content creators would like to acknowledge in advance that we are not trying to imply anything discussed in the episode is humorous. However, we may reflexively try to lighten the mood when discussing gruesome topics. If this manner of discussion offends you, please do not continue listening. Welcome to Cold-Blooded Brews, where chaos ensues. Our brutal hostesses today are... Stephanie, Sabrina, and Christine. Please grab your favorite mug of coffee and join us as we discuss today's cold-blooded killer. So, who did you guys find for this week's select brew? Well, first, let me ask you a question. Okay. (laughs) How do you feel about vampires? Um, I prefer werewolves, personally. Okay. Yeah, but, like, you know, vampires are... (laughs) I guess it depends. They eat people? Well, they don't. They don't eat people. Some of them are good. It depends what book you're reading. I guess, yeah, yeah, you know, Twilight set a standard. (laughs) Do they sparkle? (laughs) Okay, so I am currently rereading The Vampire Academy because I've never read Twilight. Okay. I couldn't get into it. But reading The Vampire Academy again. Uh Did you guys know that they, so they came out with a movie of that like a long time ago. And I started and I was like, this is bad. But they, like, started a TV show, I guess, last fall. Yeah. So now I have to binge watch that, but I haven't made it there yet. I wanted to reread the books first. But anyway, feel, get ready. You're going to feel really bad about vampires. Okay. Because we are going to cover Peter Curtin, who is the vampire of Dusseldorf. Vampire of Dusseldorf. So, German. Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. So, some of this information... Some of it is very detailed. Some of it is not. These okay. crimes took place like 150 years ago. Okay. So. So a, a while. Yeah. Well, a or while. he was born 150 years ago. Oh, okay. And also apologies. <laughs> I'm not fluent in German. Okay. So some of these names of places or people, by me at least, yeah. maybe a little bit butchered. Oh, no, Fun in. fact, I'm not fluent in German, but I did take eight years of it. So I can... Mostly suss it out. So you can correct us. Yes, if I had notes with the words written on them. So, well, guess my, by what <laughs> so my notes are written out phonetically okay. because they're not written oh, in like great. the German. I wrote them out how I should yeah. say them or how I heard them. That's being gonna said. be. We'll we'll figure it out from there. <laughs> So Carl Berg is a psychiatrist from the early 20th century in Germany who kind of interviewed, among the other things he did, he interviewed Peter Curtin when he was being held in jail before he was executed. And he wrote a book called The Sadist, which was like just about Peter Curtin and his life. So I feel like that can apply to a lot more people than just Peter Curtin, like just the sadist. Well, oh, absolutely. Hi, but hello, serial killers. <laughs> yes. Well, this was this was the one that he was familiar right. with. Okay. So he described Peter Curtin as quote the king of the sexual perverts end quote. So that is what excellent. we are getting into. So Peter Curtin is another serial killer you may not have heard of, and when you finish listening to our recounting of his life, <laughs> you may find you preferred it that way. Great. Yep. Yep. On July 2nd, 1931, as day broke over the execution courtyard of Klingelpatz Prison in Cologne, Germany, 49-year-old Peter Curtin was led to the guillotine. He resembled another soon-to-be-famous German monster, and please check out our TikTok to see the photographic evidence. Yay. It's Hitler, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) No way. (laughs) P.S. Shock face. (laughs) In case people, well, maybe people don't know when World War II was. I don't know. Don't stare directly at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make eye contact in conversation, not calling you out. I'm going to be honest. My husband and I were talking about this last night, and I don't know the dates. I know World War I preceded World War II, and they were only like 40-ish years apart. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Thank you. And they were like 40-ish years apart. I didn't realize they were in the 1900s, and that felt really... 
close to my own lifespan. And I was like, I feel like something called the World War should have happened like longer ago. I, I don't know. It just unsettled me as a person. I was like, huh, okay, cool. <laughs> Peter Curtin was of average height and had short dark hair and a very telling tiny mustache. A tiny mustache. Yes. It was was huge in the time. Right. (laughs) Very, very trendy. And he was like, if this is how I'm going down, I'm going to look good. I'm going to look good. (laughs) If his final words made in regards to his own death were as chilling as they were, one can only wonder at the horrors of his crime. Wait, are we going to cover the final words? We are, and then we're going to cover those crimes. Okay. (laughs) It just gave me chills. I shouldn't say it yet because I know what it is. Okay. He he stated to this psychiatrist, Carl Berg, right before they took him to the guillotine, quote, tell me, after my head is chopped off, will I still be able to hear, at least for a moment, the sound of my own blood gushing from the stump of my neck? That would be the pleasure to end all pleasures. Uh, <laughs> and what you think he means by pleasure that is exactly what he means by pleasure no i didn't take that in literally any other format like i knew exactly where that was going that is how he got that label yeah uh, that he did yeah i was gonna say so you know some vampires eat people but like realistically it's not eating the person so much it's just sucking the blood from their body until they are a dry, hollowed shell of what once was a human. So if that's where we're going... We're going to so many places, <laughs> and so they're many. all bad. I can't <laughs> like, wait. Not a good road Also, trip. <laughs> I think it's fun to realize that, like, this guy literally went to the guillotine. Like, now, you know, we say, like, they received the death penalty, and everyone knows what that means, but, like, in this instance saying he received the death penalty, like, it doesn't apply in the same dramatics because, like, literally they chopped his head off for this. They were like, shink! Yeah. And he was like, yay! <laughs> so excited about it. Can't wait. I just sort of read that quote in, like, a valley girl voice. <laughs> oh my god, wait. Do you think? Just for, like, one moment. <laughs> I just really want to hear the sound of my own blood because Gushing it would really excite from me. From the stomach of my neck. I love this for me. <laughs> so that is why he had a psychiatrist like right on hand. Right. <laughs> they were like, yeah, no, mentally unstable 101. Yeah. This. Well, it is like all of the courses. Yeah, right. I was going to say it's beyond 101. No, no, no. <laughs> so we are going to get into the vampire of Dusseldorf. You are liable to feel some sympathy for Peter Curtin. He did not have an easy childhood. No. And he was one of multiple siblings. Mm. Yes. M- like like a dozen. Like 13, right? 13, so a baker's dozen. 13, <laughs> 13 or 11. <laughs> The sources, again, because this was all 150 years ago. Right. Um, this predated electronic records. Yeah, and, and a lot of the records that they had just got destroyed right. later. Well, as we were talking but, about it, like, in the Germans world war? were really great at keeping records, yeah. but they were also really great at just getting them. rid of those. They are also currently still really great at keeping records. Um, it's It's like a thing over there they're really good at that as well as being on time slash early for things like they're having a german teacher who was from germany i learned that like that was the one class i couldn't be even a minute late to or i was going to get a lecture about how being late to things (laughs) is just very like uncivilized and like it got personal like it wasn't (laughs) like they meant it to be friendly but like it got real personal and i was like you're attacking me as a human right now and i need you to realize i am still like a student and also i pay you to be in this class so let's (laughs) let's circle back on this perspective really quick (laughs) like be a little nicer (laughs) so Uh, With the nature versus nurture, though, he was one of a lot of kids. And again, to the best of my knowledge, with the records that we're left with, none of the other ones were off doing these things. None of the other kids 
Yeah. Took over. They the went through the same childhood, but mm-hmm. adapted different behaviors that weren't. To be fair, I don't this. know what those adapted behaviors <laughs> were. I just know they weren't like vampires. The vampire siblings of right. Dumbledore. Right. <laughs> oh, so this wasn't like a full vampire it wasn't cover. A, like, the whole, yeah, the whole everybody. So Peter Curtin was born on May 26, 1883, in Cologne, Germany. Again, so this is where it gets kind of iffy, because depending on what... And these are, like, credible sources that I looked at. But, like, one encyclopedia would say this, and one, you know, something else would say something different. So he was either the oldest of 13 children, the oldest of 11 children, or the third of 13 children. And what also might factor into the unknowns there is... Two of the siblings died very young. So okay. that could, you know, when 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 a certain amount of records weren't found on 13, it could have just been, not that there weren't 13 children, right. but not a lot of information. They weren't this. added into the tally of the children <laughs> who like, grew well, up together. Those ones didn't really make it, so they don't count. And in the 1800s, like, that's not... Okay, I, I, was, I was reading an article about something like that because... They were talking about how people just have this concept that, like, lifespans were so short. And they're like, in reality, people still live to be around the same ages that we do now. You know, 70s to 80s were not completely unheard of. It's not like you just reached 40 and, like, kicked it off. (laughs) But surviving childhood was the problem because children are so susceptible to diseases and other things like that. They haven't built the immune systems that we have. And so we saw really high mortality mortality rates in children. But if you got past like being a teenager, you were just expected to live a normal lifespan, like for the rest of it. (laughs) Right. So it was like, it was like, as long as you got past like 12 ish, you were most likely going to make it into your 50s, 60s, 70s. Well, then you just started getting married at 14, 15, and popping right. out kids at 17. Like, and you know, you're hoping they don't as well. That, yes. <laughs> <laughs> just really, you start young so that you have a lot of time to get one past the age right. of 12. <laughs> well, Peter Curtin's parents got... The majority yeah, of them, no. not only past 12, but like, Brava. just kept going anyway. No, don't clap for them. <laughs> yeah, don't. Um, I, no. I mean that as sarcastically as possible. <laughs> I am all for not having a bunch of children in the world. Well, <laughs> Human if, population is massively over. But if you want to be able to responsibly take care of your children, right? go ahead. Sure. Have kids. They did not. If you're also going to be an irresponsible human, stop having children, period. (laughs) Yeah. So Peter Curtin's father was particularly violent and terrifying, often beating and abusing his wife and their children Mm -hmm. in their tiny one-bedroom apartment. Yes. As to no. throw, out, throw out your term from yesterday, they were not affluent. Okay? They were one in room. one of the one least room. affluent families in Cologne, Germany. No. One room. I I literally could never. And he was a sand molder. Yes. I don't know exactly what that is. I don't know if you're going to describe hope, it. No, I'm not. But um, I'm but picturing sandcastles. Yeah, that's what I was, I was really hoping <laughs> well, that. Well, now i search for it. It's not a high-paying job, but he was the because only breadwinner. Because some people don't appreciate sandcastles no. as much as they should. They should. There should be, like, monthly tournaments. Contests. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and everybody pays admission. The artists get the, what, whatever. Wait, there are literally sandcastle competitions. Yes. Yes. There are. Okay. I want but like, oh, Peter Curtin's father to be involved constantly. Okay. <laughs> Earn some more money. Sand molders, as they are also called, work in foundries that produce castings from iron, steel, and non-ferrous metals. Traditional manual sand casting begins with the preparation of a mold, which the worker creates from a specialty treated sand. So basically, like, instead of doing, like, what we do now with... Um, Silicone is not what you use for ironworking, but that's what came to mind. And so we'll make this kinship. When you create casting molds, right. these ones are made out of like treated sand material. So then they could dump the yes. metal yes. into it. Exactly. And it, it so the sand isn't going to stick um, and you can just kind of brush it off and sand is relatively inexpensive. You can do this with... Um, 
People do it with anthills, anthills that don't have ants in yep. them anymore. They'll pour mo like molten metal down yeah. and cast it and then get a view of what the inside Ooh, of the ant I wonder if he like. ever made molds for, I don't know, axes, <laughs> hammers, scissors. Um, I hope. I, I hope. would say most likely yes, because that is exactly what they would have been making at this time right. using these types of materials. So all speculation, but... Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers so he crossed. was a metal worker or a forger of some form, but specifically in mold casting. Okay. So there you go. We learned something. Thanks. Okay. So the family was extremely dysfunctional. So not only were they all shoved into like one tiny area. I could never. That's 14 people in one room. I, I would have... I would have been one of the children who elected to no longer be on that living spectrum I'll, anymore. I'll just, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> Peter Curtin's father was particularly horrible. He would beat the family, like we said, mm -hmm. but he would also gather the family in a room for really fun game nights, right? <laughs> you bet. <laughs> um, if this game is, um, oh. <clears throat> he would make his wife start stripping. And then he would rape her in front of everyone. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. Come, that... children, gather around. Yes. Well, because, like, okay, we're Ooh. talking about <laughs> masculinity in a certain era, and, like, the only thing that they cared about was the male satisfaction. Women were viewed as, like, these objects to be used for whatever a man wanted at the time. But not for family fun night. And like, what the no, hell? No, because, so we're talking about this person who is deriving pleasure from abusing people, which means that showing this force of power by making himself a monster in front of his children by violating his wife Probably, A, he's trying to instill, like, these morals into his sons, and B, he's simultaneously trying to make everyone in the household afraid of him. Because if he's willing to do this in front of them, there's no limit to what he would do to them. So it, this is his way of, like, enforcing that patriarchal power of, like, the patriarchal fear, basically. Just that I am the alpha in this house. Everyone will bow to me. So. so that's gross. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I would be thoroughly scarred if that is what I had to watch as a child, like in a forced situation. First of all, I genuinely think I would have preferred to just run away from this living situation and like live as an urchin on the streets than deal with this. Oh, well, you are like a psychic. <laughs> Ta-da. Eventually we will get there. Okay. <laughs> So not only did Peter Curtin's father entertain himself that way, yep. um, he was also eventually found guilty of raping one of his daughters. Wow, shocker. Never would have seen that one coming. So. Ever. This was later in Peter's life. But I still so would not have seen it coming. <laughs> yeah. So before Peter was 10, he expressed violence himself. So this is right around the time he was nine. He went out on a raft with two schoolmates. Yay. Who would choose to hang out with this child? Not and me. me. But, well, maybe at nine. Maybe no. he was kind of fun. I, like... I have a really hard time. I understand. And again, I think this is where people are going to want to be like, oh, but he was so little. Right. But if you can do, he's not going to be like kind and nice and sharing his candy one second. I don't think. Again, just speculating. And then do what he did on this raft trip. I feel like maybe there was like well, some know. schoolyard. I, I don't know. We'll find out. This is way yeah. his tricky way of luring them. So uh, what he, so he went on this raft trip. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> These three boys are out on this raft. Yes. And I don't know, maybe Peter gets bored. He knows one of the boys can't swim. So he pushes him off. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, you can't get back on the raft. Just pushing him, pushing him. Pushing him. And the second boy is like, oh man. I'm going to jump in and help that little boy get him back on the raft. But because Peter Curtin has two hands, he's just pushing them both, pushing them off until they both just ultimately drown. Huh. So. Ultimate king of the raft. Yeah, he wins. <laughs> like, I, I played that game with my cousins and siblings growing up. Like, one, we all can swim. And two, like, it was on a inner tube tied behind the boat, you know, in the middle of a lake where like everyone would try to vie for a spot and be king of the raft. But like, there was also parents there who were like, Hey, 
stop it. <laughs> it was a real game. Right. Like, you weren't yeah, gonna, like, not no, let them on eventually. We, like, I, if someone was like, hey, I'm really tired and I can't swim anymore, like, obviously we... It looks like you're not gonna up. win King of the Rats. Right. Then. And, like, there were rules, like, no holding someone underwater for longer than a second. Like. Well, now, one of the parts that I read of this, one of the sources, yeah. they said even he put it, his... The raft got over the yeah. top of the boy. And that's uh, the and biggest thing. Is he like, could hear them yeah. trying to get uh, out, and so, he laughed. No, and it was... Uh, hilarious and so much fun to him to hear them trying to dig that is one of the first rules you ever learn even as like a child when you're playing with these types of toys and things their parents teach you this they're like traditionally you cannot good parents can't (laughs) swim under the raft because you don't actually know where the raft is going to be when you come up so you can go around the sides you can climb over it you are absolutely not allowed to swim underneath it right so just like num- number one rule. <laughs> In case you want to let your kids out on a raft. Hey, it's a fun it is. summer I'm thing. I'm not saying it's not. Um, I wouldn't but, like, teach your children I to be have a hard time being in water. That's fair. Because of the sharks. <laughs> <laughs> These were lakes. <laughs> I'm still sure somebody's going to be like, here's a bull shark. I'm, I'm more worried about an alligator than a shark in a lake. I'm just. <laughs> oh, I can be afraid of so many things. <laughs> like, I've got a few. <clears throat> Snakes make it pretty high up there, too. <laughs> the police did investigate this. Okay. Okay, but Peter... So it's not like there was two dead bodies and everybody was like, oh. Um, ah. And Peter told them it was an accident. They couldn't get on. And the police were like, what a horrible accident. Well, he's the only eyewitness. So. <laughs> yep. And, and he's nine. Who's going to think right. a nine-year-old yeah. is murdering people? <laughs> <laughs> That's not my first suspect. <laughs> Clearly the nine-year-old did it. So, um, after this experience, Mm -hmm. but around the same time period, Peter became acquainted with a dog catcher Mm -hmm. who lived in the same building. Why is it always animals? Oh, yeah, it is. Like, it's not cats yet, maybe, but why is it always animals? (laughs) Because that's the serial killer, like, triangle. Like, you have, like... (laughs) This is the trifecta of serial killers. (laughs) That some people don't think we should. (laughs) From from my limited research, it is still a viable tool to use. Absolutely. So he got in contact with the local dog catcher. I mean, one of of them befriended the other one. I don't know who reached out first. Yes. Grown man, dog catcher, and young 11, 10, 11 year old. Yes. That wasn't very weird back then. (laughs) Well, it should have been. Like, it just wasn't. They weren't out getting stray dogs because they wanted to save them. Okay? Like it. <laughs> oh, if you could see Christmas that also well, wasn't very weird back some then. Some of us were not aware of this. No, and that's horrible. And, yeah, okay. that also wasn't weird back then. That's population horrible. control. Were you really not aware of this? No. Oh, this is a whole. Th- so I thought it was like public works in the beginning. <laughs> no, the, this dog catcher and would catch dogs. No, no, oh. I know what this oh, dog okay. Well, that's what I just didn't know. First of all, like when you say they weren't out like helping catch like the dogs, like I thought they were. Their intention <laughs> right, they... wasn't necessarily to return them to the Yeah, owners. no, I thought it was. No. Okay. Like, no. like well, dog kennels and like holding them for people to come claim ownership didn't happen until later. Okay. So a lot of times no. they were just disposed yeah. of. They were like, sex. there's this stray dog that doesn't go home and it's being a nuisance to people so... It's stealing out of my population control my is the, Exactly. Population oh. control is we're putting it down. I would have brought it to my house and I would have had them all. I would have been affluent. Good job. Shut up, it was normal. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I would have kept it. Sam will cut my right. good job out. <laughs> No, you should be like, everybody know it was a good job. (laughs) So, this man introduced Peter to bestiality, initially carried out on dogs. Ick, disgusting, don't do that. (laughs) Yes, very horrible. As time went on, Peter's bestiality extends to include sheep, goats, pigs, and other farmyard animals. La, 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 la. No. <laughs> Which probably wasn't a super unfortunate, okay. uncommon thing. Now, amongst. Here's the thing 
Young boys. This is a thing that has existed for a long time. Yes. So in my anthropology courses, specifically like my biological anthropology courses, we discussed how humans got communicable diseases. And there used to be a theory that people got herpes from sleeping with apes. And, and they thought that was like a modern thing. And in reality, um, when I was in college, they theorized that it was actually an ancient humanoid type person sleeping with like an old version of an ape or an old monkey or something like that, something in the primates family. And then since I've gotten out, I think that they've traced the lineage back to being that there was just a species that we shared in common at some point, and that species had herpes. And then when that species diverted into two lineages, one being humanoids and one being primates, basically both of us just carried on herpes from that one common ancestor forward. So that's the current working theory on how humans got herpes. But like, it, it's there's just a lot of communicable diseases that are passed between humans and animals. Regardless of which animals spread what, I genuinely do not think it makes this any better that we're literally getting STDs from animals. Like, I feel like communicable diseases shouldn't be explored vis-a-vis -vis bestiality. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Also, fun fact, dolphins are one of the few other mammals that we know of that can get herpes, oral herpes specifically. So do with that what you will. Right, fun facts with Serena. Uh, I didn't know that one. I know that from my marine biology studies. <laughs> oh my, okay. This is the fun part about having three different majors is like, I learned a lot about a lot. <laughs> Some, some might argue too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Well, you never knew when that <laughs> knowledge was going to come back and be really handy you know what? until right now. I actually throw out that fact so more often than you would believe. <laughs> like, I have had this conversation with so many people in my lifetime, and I find it absolutely hilarious that, like, that is one of my go-to facts because it is so not common knowledge. And it's so funny to watch people's reactions. <laughs> like, Do they cry? No, it's just it like was... the shocked horror is like <laughs> Christine's face. Yes. Well, also fun fact, Christine already knew about the dolphin thing because we've had this discussion. And I still have it <laughs> and it still makes me want to cry. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Yeah. But Okay. So, so back to Peter Cat, <laughs> he's visiting the farm. Visiting. <laughs> This is going to be horrible because if my children are ever like, let's visit the farm. No. no! Christine, I strongly okay. recommend your children don't listen as, to this episode. As he's doing farm chores. I don't know. Like, how can we bring it on? Just cut it all out. No, this all stays in. I need all of Stephanie's horrible jokes. So, Peter Curtin's <laughs> farm activities <laughs> continue, despite him having a girlfriend at age 13. No! Yes. Well, she didn't want to she would go not, that next yeah. level, so oh, he no. went that next level with other things. Peter Curtin had that girlfriend. She did not want to have sex with him, so. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Also, like, in this age, I definitely wouldn't because it was still so heavily frowned upon for a woman to, like, be promiscuous in any sense outside of marriage. Virtue. Yeah. But maybe he was, like, we're over 12. <laughs> we survived. It's time to stop the population. He, all he had to do was propose. Like, literally, he just had to ask for the, the dad's blessing and pay whatever dowry there was going to be she, and she maybe. would have legally been his wife and he could have done whatever he wanted without her consent that's how that works yeah well that does so. explain later in life there you choices go. that he makes but so. <laughs> <laughs> um ultimately this behavior stopped peter did learn that when he stabbed an animal he experienced the ultimate release uh, uh but a farmer noticed him stabbing a pig 
and Peter ceased such activities. <laughs> so when he... There was probably a threatening warning about a shotgun and some other things if more farm animals were stabbed. <laughs> so he went in to Well, like, because like, farm animals were the livelihood back right. then. Mm-hmm. Like, these were the source of income for people. So, like... They didn't treat them exactly like pets, per se, but, like, they were very well taken care of. Well, and a farmer could possibly look the other way if you were just violating their livestock, but if you're stabbing them and killing them and taking that income away... Yes, exactly. So, when he stabbed... I would also animal. argue that violating it uh, no, I mean, makes it inedible. <laughs> like, well, I no, mean, I that's what I choose to believe here. Right. <laughs> but the sight of the blood yes. from stabbing the animal, like Christine mm. said, that was the ultimate form of... Re- he was able to he get his right. release that way, which yeah. is a blood fetish yep. known as hematolignia. And that's a fetish for blood, which evokes arousal when it's present on the fetishist sexual partner. Okay. So just seeing blood, somebody bleeding, it wasn't going to be enough to set him off. But if it was present on whoever he was already being... Right. Intimate with. Yeah. We'll say intimate loosely. Yeah. um, um, Right. That was enough. Just seeing the blood on the person or thing or animal. Now, does it have to be their blood or would his blood also suffice for something like that? Like, is it just blood in general on the From what I saw from the definitions, it's blood in general. And it's often accompanied by licking or drinking blood through bloodletting or biting. All I'm saying, this man had a prime opportunity one week a month, every month. And it did not involve stabbing people. Uh, but we would learn from Arthur Shawcross that makes it taste way different. Hey, okay, he had a. It's not about the taste, though. You just said it's about the view. He had a prime opportunity that did not involve stabbing. You're right, but not like that. Now people <laughs> thought that was disgustingly dirty back then. Well, but maybe but... it was the gushing of it, oh, it more be. so than yeah. just the blood being present. Right. As you okay. know, Christine said earlier about he was. Wanting to know yeah, about the sound. the spurting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. <laughs> Fun fact, the sound isn't from it coming out of your body. It's it hitting other things when it comes out of your body. I hope it doesn't sound like that. Well, but... so like, if it things move through the air, they make noise. But like, we don't hear that sound. We hear the sound of it running into mm-hmm. other objects. So, like, crime shows are wrong. (laughs) Anyway. So, right around 1897, Mm -hmm. so we're this far into the episode. So where did this start? We are still in his childhood, 1883. Okay, 1883 to 1897. (laughs) So, Peter is right around 16 at this point, and we are still not done. That's fine. There's a lot of this that's getting cut out anyway. This is when Peter Curtin's father was yeah. jailed for three years because of raping his daughter. Oh. Three years. They for raping, I guess it's your own personal they property. did I... not take these things as seriously yeah. in that sense back then. Like, your options were jail or death, and, like, not in the nicest ways possible. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good, but at least yeah. they did imprison him. Because if you're saying yes, sure. that the child is like a property, if it, it had been that yeah. awful... He wouldn't have been imprisoned right. at all. Facts. So is it a like he a lengthy some... enough term? You know, I don't think so. No. But they believed her or, right. or, or or however that was proven. <laughs> it was Sure. So understandably, uh, which for the time period I think very brave, but the parents got divorced when the father was arrested. Good. So she remarried and moved the family to Dusseldorf. Okay. But if the mother had any hope for Peter Integrate into a normal society yeah, at this that, point. Yeah, that was not happening. That ship sailed. <laughs> uh, he, Peter raped the same sister that his father raped, and things just continue to be super bad. Yeah. About this time, Peter also began a relationship with a prostitute who was two years older than him. Mm-hmm. And while the relationship did not last, the two were sexually compatible. So... If he wanted to hurt her, she would let him. All right. They were together for about 
two years. Yeah. They yeah. tried. They tried they to really make it try. work. I mean, everybody has their kinks. So if it's yeah. working for both of them, yeah. then great. But he got increasingly more and more right. violent and she... There's a point where you say, hey, I'm not into like that extreme right. of this. There's an extent that I'm willing to suffer through and we've reached it. He, this is my threshold. He had to have like ignored the safe word yep. and went beyond <laughs> and she had had enough. Yep. So their relationship did not work. Peter's father had discussions with his former employer, like, please take my son on. Great. He did, which I think was, like, really nice. I, I think they're giving this dad a lot of reputation where it doesn't belong at this point. But Yeah, yeah they took him me. in as an apprentice, yeah. and maybe they were both really hard workers. They were really shitty people at home, but maybe they just were really hard workers. Like Israel Keys. Yes, <laughs> yes. Call I, back. I found another commonality among <laughs> But instead of being a good worker for an extended period of time, at least, right. Peter Curtin robbed the employer and committed other petty crimes that ultimately landed him as j in jail as well. Oh. So he spent a month in jail for petty theft mm -hmm. and then four years in prison for fraud. And at some point around here, he was also charged with and imprisoned for attempted murder of a woman with a firearm. Okay. So we won't get into all of this because, again, the records are a little bit spotty. Right. But by the time he was caught for the last time, he had been imprisoned 30 different times. Ooh. For all sorts of different... Wow. And the first couple times, he was more of a, a low-level, you know, yeah. petty things mm -hmm. other yeah. than attempted murder. I don't know if that right. was one of the first times or not. But he, well, he already killed people. He right, right. like attempting. He was <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to succeed. <laughs> he looked up to more of the, like, the hardened criminals, the, right. you know, the people he thought were, like, criminal masterminds. And he wanted to embody them. Em yeah, he wanted to be like them. Okay. He's like, how do I get away with these type of things? And so he was yeah. getting the tips and the tricks yeah. of the trade. And I can't he was introduced being, to an arsonist. I, I can't imagine being let out enough times to be jailed 30 right. separate times. I mean, some of the stints <laughs> were like a matter of months. Right. So it was but like I, I just, I can't imagine like yeah. someone deciding that this person should just continuously be let back out so that they can keep making the same decisions to keep ending back up in jail. Like 30 different sentences with 30 separate jail times is ridiculous. <laughs> and as we will learn, Peter enjoyed jail. Like, Why am I not he surprised? did not hate it. <laughs> yep. Why am I not surprised? The conditions of prisons at that time were deplorable. Uh, you know, to be at honest, best. I didn't I didn't <laughs> look up what were prisons in Germany like in 1900. So I cannot tell you. According to Peter, the they year. were bad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why I said in 1900. So I didn't Google. No, I far. think it depends on the year of 1900. Like oh. 19... <laughs> Between like 1900 and yes. 1931 is yeah. when he was in okay. and out of all the jails and the prisons. So, um, so probably not great. He but, was introduced to an arsonist. Yeah, he was introduced to arson um, mm. while he was in prison, and that's where. So I'm not up first... to that yet. Okay, okay, that happens. All right. Because again, no, we're still, continue. he is only, I, I am captivated. Continue. 17. Right. <laughs> 17 years old. So, and uh, this was in 1900. So he spent then four years in jail. So in 1904, after his release, he was drafted into the Imperial German army. What you would think. <laughs> no, no. This would be the place for him. <laughs> But he decided that military life in the infantry regiment was not for him, and he deserted. I don't think he would deal well with people telling him what to do, and that's where the military life would stop for him. Because, like, military life is entirely just other people telling you exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Yeah, so, for sure. Like, that that portion of the military hasn't changed. <laughs> so, so now we're at, like, 1905, and this is... When he okay learns about arson, yeah, sure, and he is like, yeah, I'm gonna do I this. I am now. pro fire. <laughs> well, I mean, arson and rape 
yeah. have a lot of similarities. And yes. we know that he Thrill did seeking. both. It's a lot of like yep. trying to be in power and in control yep. and a lot of, I mean, look back at Israel Keys, Arthur Shawcross, like people we've already covered. Mm-hmm. They were rapists and arsonists yeah. and murderers. They they have very similar like thrill seeking pieces and you know it it just kind of ties together in the portion of your brain that like releases excite hormones. So also probably increasing that. Yeah. He would watch as emergency crews tried to put out these fires and I didn't just watch, though. Yeah, he helped. He helped. <laughs> I he some was instances. also like, this is so terrible. Here's my bucket Give of water. Give me that bucket. Let's make it in the line. Faster, the faster. Out. Oops, I dropped it. Well, that <laughs> would also Oops. help him, you know, stay out Splash. of the... Splash. Oh, that sounds like something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No. No. <laughs> Being involved in putting the fire out would probably help him in, like, denying that he started the fire in the first place. Oh, why would I have started it? Exactly. I, I, I carried that I was just an innocent bystander helping you put this out, not the person who started it. Congratulations. Is this the same period of time where he kept attempting to set fire to the orphanage? Yes. What? Oh, he was just a bad... No, 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 no. circle back. <laughs> he attempted to set fire to an orphanage... Several times, but they must have had a hell of a sprinkler system. <laughs> he wanted to hear the children's screams so as he escalated it, from like other buildings because he at that point he he wouldn't target necessarily like um, residences. Yeah, but he would like hope someone was that inside. there were homeless men. In, oh, specifically oh. homeless men. It's like please be in there tonight. Yep. It wasn't happening. Yep. It doesn't surprise me preying on people who are, you know, vulnerable, less fortunate children in general. You know, these are what we consider innocence, but what people who stand in power consider weak Mm -hmm. or beneath them. So does not surprise me. So when you say several times, like two, three, five I didn't Just find an more, exact more amount. Than more than once. More than once. I feel like then would every orphanage be like, oh, yes, like we were lit on fire. And was it the too. same orphanage that he kept trying to set on fire? From what I saw, yes. Okay. It just said several the times. Local this orphanage. Local, yes. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the local, the local <laughs> orphanage. God. That's For a all real thing. Is like, please, sir, can I have some more? That's a real thing. Did somebody turn on the heat? <laughs> Nice fire that just got started. <laughs> so shortly after all of these arson attempts, he he was arrested for arson. Found uh, that he had deserted the military, so he's tried uh, by the military system. Oh, good. He was found guilty and imprisoned from 1905 to 1913. All right. Um, and again, he claimed that he subjected to such severe forms of punishment Mm -hmm. that his fantasies were fed and he would spontaneously ejaculate when remembering them. In Mm -hmm. solitary confinement. Yes. 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 (laughs) So he had all that time by himself to vividly imagine. He would act out in prison to be put in solitary confinement so he could fixate on all of this stuff. So that he could get the sweet, sweet release. (laughs) Imagine cleaning out his cell. Stop it. (laughs) However, all good things must come to an end. And so they did for Peter in 1913 when he was released. No, he he was already released. (laughs) (laughs) Following the actual eviction from prison. Right. <laughs> Curtin continued his criminal way. never would have guessed. Not reformed yet. Shock. <laughs> I wish I could say he escalated, but since he already killed two children at the age of nine, like, there's no... There's, there's the, no the threshold is already reached. You were already <laughs> yeah. so far gone. Well, once he, he left, escalating murdered people was like, I like that. Toned it back for a while when and then left, started again. <laughs> when he left prison, where did he go? So when he was released in 1913, he moved to Mulheim on the Rhine. Okay. With his sister. With his sister. 
I don't know which one. Yeah, I don't. I'm like, we talked about this before. I hope it wasn't yeah. the one who he and his dad assault. I couldn't imagine allowing that person to come into my home if right. that, you know, so hopefully it was a different sister who maybe he treated a little bit better who yeah. welcomed him into her home. So it, it would be pronounced Milheim and Der Rhein. That's how you would say that. And that means like the name of the city would have been Mulheim um, and an der Rhein means on the river. So. Okay. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. I wouldn't be able to do that. It, that's fine. Even <laughs> I now, said I will do this. Even now I heard it and. Couldn't repeat it. I yeah. took eight years. <laughs> I'm not fluent and I, I'm not claiming I'm I any good at you. it. I have an American <laughs> accent and it's horrible, but I do, I can do some things. <laughs> so in May of 1913. Yes. There was a pub connected to, like, an inn. Okay. So, initially, he intended to break in and rob the home, but he found and decided to kill the homeowner's sleeping nine-year-old daughter, Christine Klein. He sexually assaulted her, strangled her, and then used his pocket knife to slit her throat. Because assaulting just wasn't doing it for him. When her blood dropped on the floor, he found his release again. <laughs> Congratulations. So he He's starting to realize what his fetish is. <laughs> I feel like with the pig. Right, but he... So here's... Trial and error happens with everything, but at this point, like, it could have just been a one-off. Now he's beginning to realize specifically the can, blood is the fetish. It's think, not, yeah, it's not the thought, assault. It's not the power. It's not the control specifically. Right. It is the blood. And it is not just a willing person's blood. It is anyone's blood. Because mm-hmm. the like, like within a sexual aspect. Just getting physical with her and strangling right. her got him aroused. Right. So then he attempted to. Yeah. He was like, assault, maybe this is it. And, and it wasn't. wasn't. And then, yeah. Yeah. Her parents were working in the pub, so they could not... Hear what was going on. Correct. And so he escaped. Yep. And the following morning, he spent time... I guess there were just, like, a lot of taverns in this area. So he spent time at the tavern next door. Uh Uh-huh. And he watched the police investigate, and Christine Klein's father had an argument with Christine Klein's uncle. So I think the brothers got into an argument. Okay. So suspicion fell on the uncle. Yep. Peter was like, oh, probably. Yeah, he's sitting there in the tavern. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I bet it was that uncle. These Didn't you hear them arguing? These are policemen. So smart. <laughs> so Curtin followed the case with interest, especially as the sexual assault came to light. Right. Because, again, incest is still taboo. And yep. he was like, oh, man, that uncle. <laughs> <laughs> Then he would visit Christine Klein's grave and touch the dirt to orgasm. Oh, that was enough to do it for him. Just touching the dirt of her grave. Christine's uncle was ultimately released without charges. And two months later, Peter Curtin broke into the home of 17-year-old Gertrude Franken. Okay. He strangled her in the same manner. And maybe you can explain this because I'm sure this has... More medically... I will try. ...origins. So he strangled her and blood spurted from her mouth. Maybe she just, like, bit her lip. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it said it was, like, he strangled her enough to damage her vocal cords. So everything was really crushed. Yeah. So this is another... I would say, when they say, like, blood spurted (laughs) from her mouth, it wouldn't be, like, arterial spurt. Like, that's not what's happening. But it could have been that when he crushed everything... It did damage in the back of her throat space. And then as she tried to like release air, that air carried forward blood. So it wouldn't be spurting so much as like a gurgle with like splutter coming out from her trying to like either intake or output air, which can happen with crush injuries, especially because like anything inside of your mouth area, there's a lot of blood vessels in there um, because it's running through your neck and your head and like your main spaces where blood goes to. So doing even like really superficial damage to those areas will create a lot of blood. But like, don't think of like arterial spurting in that sense. So it was like gurgling? Yeah. So she probably would have been like gurgling and like trying to like cough, like trying to cough or emit something because she's like choking on 
the blood and the crush and the everything and the air escaping is just carrying the blood with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So once again, then he slit her throat, orgasmed, yep. and left the home undetected. Which is ridiculous. (laughs) Well, and like police back then wouldn't have been anything like what we have now. Mm -hmm. So like, it doesn't surprise me that he was undetected because unless someone was physically there to catch him at that moment, nothing would have come of it. But so I do have, uh, we'll get into this more shortly, but um, I do have good news about this police department. Oh, good. So ultimately, they were on the case. When an inspector, a certain inspector took over towards the end under him. The police department actually had a 95% solve rate wow. of homicides. So good. Congratulations. Good for them. That's actually they did really, try. That's, that's really astounding. good. <laughs> I'm not even sure now we have police departments that can achieve I that. don't know if we do. <laughs> Curtin was still taking part in arson and burglary, and days after he killed Gertrude Franken, he was arrested for arson and burglary. Uh-huh. So he was sentenced to six years in prison. Yeah. But he likes prison, so he managed to get two more years tacked on due to insubordination. <laughs> and this time he was not getting along with the other inmates. He yep. was he thought he was already better than them. There was nothing for him to learn right. from them because he you is I've already been here. You can't teach me. I'm better than you yeah. now. So he would tattle on them. If they were gonna threatening, if they had plans to overthrow or escape or some sort of mutiny, he was like Wow. It's a big tattletale. He wow. turned into a snitch. They're doing this. He did. and But then when he realized that that didn't actually get him any extra Credit. bonuses, yeah. like, they didn't treat Please him better. Tell me, yeah, like what? <laughs> right? Like, like going to solitary whenever he I wanted. I was going to solitary, you guys. I was leading this mutiny. I want to go into solitary where I can hear the screams of my victims in my own head in silence. So I think the guards were like, nah. Stitches get stitches, all right? You're being insubordinate. Tack on two more years. Stitches get stitches. No, that's not what you're supposed to take away from this. Well, he was being a big dude. It's a good thing there are no children listening to this podcast. We hope. That is not yeah, please don't let your kids listen. <laughs> please. <laughs> that is not the takeaway. You oh, should, well, I misunderstood the takeaway from I his time in prison. I think it's still important. You should tell on people when they are doing the wrong thing. <laughs> but be, be ready for those consequences. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to remember that. You be that hero, but <laughs> look out. I, Don't tattle on Stephanie. I'm absolutely you're gonna a snitch. Get stitches. I I am one thousand percent a snitch. So. <laughs> well, well okay. No, here's out. the thing though. Like, <laughs> if you came to me and you were like, "Sprina, I need help hiding a body," I'd be like, "Okay, yeah." And then after it was done, I'd be like, "You have forty eight hours to get your shit together, and also you may not implicate me." <laughs> hey, okay. it's good to know we have a time limit. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just coming to you then because <laughs> let me tell you, I don't because have, I ain't gonna get stitches. It's not, it's I'm not, not getting stitches, all right? <laughs> Sabrina will. I'm giving you 48 hours to get your shit together before I go snitch, just and that, you will not. Yeah, 48 hours is enough time for you to flee going. the country. <laughs> I don't think you know how long it takes me to make a phone call. <laughs> it's not a phone call. You just you yes, just flee I the know country. There's so many more. I am giving you 48 hours. Find your no, shoes. I got you. I already have the route to Canada through there Canada. You go. And like, <laughs> nothing bad ever like, happens in my life. Guys, I'm like, oh, she's going to Canada. We literally live like not far from Canada. 30 minutes. Like 30, 30 minutes. minutes. <laughs> just get past that border, then get a flight. And go to a country where you can't be brought back yep. again. No extra. You can do that it in 48 hours. Sounds like hours. a lot of research has to be done on my I'm also not you. saying you have to get your family <laughs> there. Too. Oh, there's plenty of yeah, them. Yeah, okay. we've got this. I'm also <laughs> saying, I'm not saying You're you have to have invited. your family there either. You just have to flee the country. You cannot implicate me. I will, I will give you time to get out of here. If you don't, that is now on you. I, I gave you the time. Uh, I guess, I'll help I you guess hide got it. Everything. I, I don't plan on. But again, these are what I think yeah. I worry about at night. Like, right? talk to Stephanie first. <laughs> Put our now, plans into motion before we bring Sabrina in 48 hours. Start the timer. I don't think she knows how long it takes me to put on pants and put my shoes. So have your pants 
Since she's yeah, ready to like go before we call Two days Sabrina. is more than enough time. <laughs> oh, just getting out of my bed is sometimes. Hard. We have to get past the first forty-eight, and then I will let mention. Okay. Look, also the if you got goes caught way down after the first right, forty-eight, the first everyone knows that. I learned that also. from that guy who does the like. <laughs> also, if you get caught in your foreign country and brought back. I will testify against you. <laughs> I will take my plea deal. <laughs> I will just be like, what is up? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I will take my plea deal. <laughs> we tried. It turns out we're so bad at this. Unfortunate. I will take my plea deal and, and move on with my life. <laughs> so you won't be like, I would like more time, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time Peter Curtin was released was April 1921. Right. 36 he... hours after. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he moved to Altenburg. Do you have it written phonetically? Yeah, I, no, not phonetically. Oh, literally. I just have like okay, where? the city name. Okay. Yeah, Altenburg. No. Yeah. Altenburg. Altenburg. <laughs> Continue. Um, and he went to live with his sister. Again, I don't know which one. And at this time, he met August Scherf. Oh, he told his sister he was a prisoner of war. That's why he had been gone for so long. He wasn't a convict. He was a prisoner of war. He was a POW. Sharf was three years older than Peter Curtin, and she, she had her own past that we were dealing with. So by this point in time, she was a sweet shop proprietor. So his sister is being so generous. Come live with me. And have I got this gal for you. She owns a local sweets shop and she's like in her early 40s and it's just right up your, like you're going to settle down and have a nice life. Yep. That's what they hoped. They didn't. Congratulations. (laughs) Shock and awe. (laughs) So prior to owning that sweet shop, he, uh, she was a prostitute and then she was also convicted of shooting her ex-fiance to death. (laughs) They sound like a match made in heaven. (laughs) So my understanding of that situation was like, he was a gardener. He was like, I'm going to marry you. But he couldn't because he was already married to somebody else. Already married. So she was the mistress. Mistress. She performed that investigation and found out that he was married. And they dated for years. Yes. Years and years. And right. he strung her along. I'm going to leave my wife for you. We're going to get married. We'll be together. Well, she, she didn't know he was married. The entire time. Remember, she right. theoretically put on the trench coat, followed right. him, oh, yes, found yes. out, and then shot him until he died. I would probably have done the same thing. <laughs> like, she only got a year. No, yeah, I, so, like, I probably would have done the same thing. Everybody else agrees with you. She only got a year. So back then, <laughs> as you got older, you became ineligible to be married off unless it was to like very poor squalor conditions. So this man essentially would have led her along in her prime years for marriage. And stole her virtue. And stole her virtue. Mm-hmm. And then left her to like hang in the wind all of her own. And he would have continued to do it. And she realized that and just... And she didn't want to crime a passion. Peg and you know what? I I would have let her go. If I was on that jury selection... A year I would is have, basically letting no, her go. If I was on that jury selection, <laughs> given the time frame and what was expected of women and all of the things surrounding it, I absolutely would have just been like, you did the right thing. Congratulations, Yeah, Bob. well, too bad. It was all men. No women. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, so... Curtin told August that... August. Okay, sorry. <laughs> August. Anyway, Sharf. <laughs> Miss Sharf. <I, laughs> that he was a POW. Really and when the two of them... So they, they had a, I, I want to say, a more normal sex life. So Peter could only ejaculate if he fantasized about the violence. So he didn't commit so much violence okay. against her. They were together for two years. Yeah. And then they got married. Well, he proposed, but it wasn't really a proposal that she could turn down, correct? Like, he threatened to kill her if she didn't marry him. I was not aware of that. From what I, my, the sources I had looked at, he was already slightly abusive towards her and she dealt with the abuse because Mm -hmm. of her jaded past. She felt like this is the life that I deserve. Because, yeah, yeah, this is her penance. This is 
you know, for, for what she had done in her past by shooting mm-hmm. her fiance. And so from the couple of sources that I saw, he basically said, Hey, marry me or like, I'm going to kill you. So she said, yes, yes, of course I'll marry you. Okay. To wrap up this part one yeah. of this little series, he kind of started to get into a normal lifestyle. So not only did he get married, he also became a molder and was actually active in their union. So mm-hmm. he he seems like he might be putting his life together. Yeah, he's he turning over a new leaf. He found okay. the love of a good woman and was able to yeah change his ways. Okay. Or was he? In theory. No, or was he? Was he? Was he? Tune back in for Tune part in two. Tune for part two to exactly. see that he failed at that endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's Select Brew. We hope it was to your taste. If you would like to find us on Instagram or TikTok, you can search at Cold Blooded Brews Podcast. All edits to this podcast are done by the Mayor of Anything, who you can find by searching at Mayor of Anything on any platform that matters. I'm not fluent. Fluent? 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 No, no. I'm going to call it fluent. Sam. No! <laughs>